The traditional gospel text which is assigned for Christmas Day is the prologue of John. My wonderful uh, professor of New Testament, uh, Raymond Brown, perhaps the finest New Testament scholar in America in the 20th century, like to say that the history of the Gospels can be tracked in their order by the question that was posed to the communities that produced the gospel and recounted the community's efforts to answer the question. And so Mark is almost universally recognized as the first of the gospels to be written, the oldest gospel. And the question um, opposed to the early Christians was, well, when, when did you know, when was it revealed that Jesus was Christ? And the earliest answer of the church was, well, at the baptism. He went into the waters and he came up and the voice of God descended, the dove descended and the voice of God said, this is my son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. And then a few years roll on and then other people drawn to this nascent movement, which would come to be called Christianity, ask, well, does that mean Jesus wasn't the Christ before the baptism? And the Christian community responded, well, no, no, he was, he was the Christ at his birth. And so Matthew and Luke write their gospel, begin their gospels with their each in their own way, a narrative of the birth. And then a few more years go on, and people begin to ask, well, so he was born the Christ, but there wasn't any Christ before that. And the church says, no. Christ was with God and in God from the beginning as part of the creative impulse of God from the very beginning. And so John begins his gospel with the prologue. Now, he says, in the beginning was the word. The Greek word is logos, L-O-G-O-S. You, you use the word logos all the time. Anthropology, language about humanity. Theology, language or talk about God. Cosmology, language about the stars and the heavens, etc. Psychology, the study of the human psyche. So it's a bigger word than just word. We don't really have an equivalent word in English to fully translate the power of the Greek word logos. But you'll hear in this passage the echoes of Genesis. In the beginning, God created how? With the magical incantation, the waving of a wand, the sprinkling of pixie dust? No. God creates by saying, let there be light. God speaks and things occur. Speech lies at the heart of our faith. It's very often why Christians and Jews are called the people of the book, because the words mean so much to us. So you hear these echoes from Genesis in the prologue of John about how the word, the movement, the creative impulse of God uh, is from the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through the word, 
And without the word, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in the word was life. And this life was the light of all humanity. And the light shines in the deepest night, and the night did not overcome it. Let me pause there and say thank you to Frank for, in our devotions this past week, in our pastoral team meeting, uh, to look at the different translations about how the dark did not overcome it, or how it might be translated, the dark did not comprehend the light, or the dark did not understand the light. So is this light. You can hear how John and the early Christians are struggling to express their understanding that the Christ and God are one. But our language doesn't really lend itself uh, to that. So he was with God, he was God, nothing came into being without the word, because the language is inadequate to express the, the mystery. So we continue. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. John came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. Jesus, John was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. The word was in the world, and the world came into being through the word, yet the world did not know the word, that creative impulse, that love of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth, and we have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Eugene Peterson, in his recent translation of the Bible into the colloquial uh, English which we speak today, uh, translates this last verse as, instead of the word became flesh and dwelt among us, it says, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. <laughs> I like that. You know, it's very homey. He moved, moved into the neighborhood, right? Dwelt among us is too churchy, right? God moved into the neighborhood. This really is what Christmas is about. That the distinction that we make between the profane, the everyday, the prosaic, the material, earthly world, and the profound, ethereal, spiritual world, heaven, are distinct from one another. And Christmas is about the fact that heaven and earth are not distinct realities, but are two parts of a single reality, which is that the heavenly and the earthly are blended 
into one in Christ and into all creation. That the distinction that we draw is the major impediment in our lives to being our truest selves. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great German theologian and martyr, and his resistance to the Nazis in the, in the Shoah 1933 to 1945 as the Nazis uh, attempted to murder all the Jews of Europe, said that Christ did not come in order to help us transcend our humanity. Somehow we think that our humanity is base or false or not worthy of God. And so we think that Christ has come to help us transcend that, to become better than humans. But in fact, Bonhoeffer says, Christ comes not to help us transcend our humanity, but to become truly human, to become our truest selves, to live in that relationship with God in which we are the creatures and God is the creator, the one who loves us. Our son Andrew uh, received a book for Christmas by Temple Grandin, um, who you may know is one of the remarkable uh, scientists in the world in helping us understand the relationship between humans and animals. And the title of the book is Animals Help Us Become Human. Right? that when we truly understand um, the animal world, it helps us to become more human, better humans. The National Geographic, in its annual review of pictures, wonderful issue just came out. There is a um, silverback mountain gorilla cradled in the arms of a man, a forest ranger in Rwanda. Uh, and this silverback gorilla um, was discovered in his infancy. His mother had died, and this ranger raised the silverback gorilla. They lived together. And the gorilla became ill, mysterious illness, not sure what it was. But as he was dying, he was in the arms of this human being. They were one. And the photographer said that uh, he said he had always found that guerrilla society was far more humane than our society. Right. So Christ wants to be with us. God wants to be with us. And that's what Christmas is about. We tend to think of God as distant, aloof, judgmental, Hash. But in fact, God is intimate, close, is our breath, is loving, and wants nothing but to restore our broken relationship. God wants nothing more from you than a loving, open, honest, and authentic relationship. You are the object of God's desire.
Christmas is about the fact that you are the object of God's desire. Why are we here? Because God wants us to be in relationship with God. And we back away for so many different reasons. Largely out of fear. When you think about our lives and how much of our behavior is driven by fear, to let go of that fear and allow ourselves to fall into the love of God, not to hold back, but to fall in. <clears throat> the Reverend Suzanne Wagner, um, who was an associate pastor here and has helped many times uh, since she left as an acting pastor, um, good friend to so many of you, had talked about her own experience when she was uh, doing her advanced training in a clinical care chaplaincy in a hospital. And her first uh, supervisor, um, in talking with Suzanne about a hesitation uh, that she had about taking the next step in her development, uh, said to Suzanne, you have to step off the edge of the cliff. And you're holding back because you're afraid. But when you step off the edge, you'll find yourself sustained in the loving embrace of God. But as long as you stay on the edge, you won't know that reality. You have to take the risk to step out. That's, what, that's why we have 12 days of Christmas. So we can think about, meditate, reflect on, muster the courage to take that step into a loving relationship, an authentic relationship, not holding back, but trusting fully in the love of God who is faithful, loving, compassionate, wants nothing else but you. And when we find ourselves in that relationship, everything else flows from there. Amen.